welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we watch films and discuss them from an intersectional feminist perspective. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Gina. Hello. And the lovely Hedvig. Hi. And we watched Mad Max, Fury Road, not the old ones with Mel Gibson, the new one with the ladies in it. So a little bit of background about Mad Max before we get into the juicy details. It was released in 2015 and directed by George Miller, who Lee informs me directed the other Mad Max films. And Babe 2. Babe! And Happy Feet. Babe the Pig. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's got quite the range. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he also directed Happy Feet 1 and 2. Yeah, he did. Which are great films. Mm. What? Odd choice of movies for him to have done. I know. Yeah, also going from like for Mad Max to Babe, which is like talking animals, and then to actual <laughs> animation. Like it's such a yeah. Yeah, weird. Um his wife, Margaret Sixel, was the editor of this film and she's also worked on Happy Feet and Babe Pig in the City. They're Australian. Oh, are they? Yeah. It's an Australian film. <laughs> When we were watching it yesterday, <laughs> I just thought there were a lot of Australian actors in it. I didn't realise until the end when it says post-apocalyptic world in Australia. I was like, oh, okay. This makes a lot more sense. So yeah, I guess that's part of what the film is about. It's set in a post-apocalyptic Australia and a man called Max happens to get caught up in these women who are fleeing a crime lord, a warlord, a bad man. A dictator. A dictator, yeah. A dictator. You were using Who's them. Held all the resources. Who else knows the film best than me? He wants to give a go of what it is. Essentially, Immortan Joe, he has got all of the water and then he's also got, I think, a lot of the coal and the bullets and he's held all the water and basically everyone else that lives there is a slave and has to do what he says and then he's got all his little minions which are called the war boys and then he has i think it's like five wives doesn't he and mm. they're his prize breeders and he uses them to spawn children mm. but they're there against their will so the film is them escaping with the help of imperator furiosa I've only seen this film once, so I should have watched it twice, because I'm like, she's a top lady? I don't know the names of any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> a top lady? She's a top lady. Well, basically, at the beginning, she's going to go... She's been sent off on a mission to get ammunition and gasoline in her war rig. We don't really know why she is seen so highly obviously she you get the impression that she's quite high up in his wall i think she refers to it later on when she says oh and this is something you become when you practice driving the war rig or something so i think she's oh. just been, like really good at driving yeah yeah and i think that's why they have sort of promoted her to maybe like head driver driver yeah war rig or something yeah um gina was this your first time seeing the film as well yeah Oh my gosh, now I sound even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I must admit, I sort of, I did have to like read this. I was, this was the film that I had to read the Wikipedia plot as I was watching it. Oh, uh, okay. Which I do have to do sometimes. I don't know about you, just if I, to make sure that I'm picking up everything, because the beginning of it I did find quite confusing. Yeah, I hadn't seen any of the other ones before and I was a bit, Mm. I just didn't really know what was going on. So, is it ever explained why this world is as it is? I will 
divert to Lee who has seen the other films? To the best of my knowledge, the first one isn't really post-apocalypse. And then in the second one, it starts with news footage of the world ending. And it's like, it's now the post-apocalypse. Right. It never really explains why. Mm -hmm. The world just dies. Basically, Mm. yeah. Lee showed me some pictures of the posters of the old films. And it looks very, like, homoerotic. He's in, like, tight black leather and... It, I was like, wow, this looks like a gay nightclub poster. Not but it's a-, a lot of, like, the outfits are very fetish. Like, yeah. that other guy, the torturer, whatever his name is, with his, like, cut-out nipples. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> just found that so fascinating. Yeah, he wears, like, a full-on suit, but he just cut out his nipples. Like... <laughs> I did write down at one point that it felt very macho, macho man, because they were all right, yeah, and... I, I find it, like, being ironic that they're taking the piss out of, like, the macho-ness of yeah. these men, because mm. it's so over the top. And mm. then it also becomes, I feel like some of them are not necessarily macho, but rather queer in their way. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know. I, because and I, how they all want to impress him. Yeah, just... exactly. It's, yeah, it's very much pack mentality, isn't it? I don't... Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. So, excitingly, there were, there are, should I say, a lot of women in this film. We've got Furiosa, who's the top lady, as I <laughs> very accurately said earlier. The splendid Anne Harrod, played by Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, who's like the favourite wife of the pack women. <laughs> I didn't write down. Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe. And then Capable the Dog, Cheeto the Fragile. I think there are a couple of other of the wives' names. And maybe there is also women who have their own colony. I didn't write down any of their names. I got to a point in IMDb where I was like, I'm, I can't be bothered to write it down anymore. The only intellectual character that I noticed was Toast the Knowing, played by Zoe Kravitz. He's one of the wives. That's the only one I wrote down as well. Yeah, I guess that's one of the main downsides about the film. There weren't many characters who weren't white. Although I guess because a lot of it is about the wives, I wonder whether he would have chosen wives who are whites because that's still considered to be the best in society. Not by me. I wonder if there is some sort of structural racism to their society as well, since they like paint themselves mm. white and they have all these uh, references to the old folklore and like, what do you call them then? Don't Valhalla. Sh- You're from Scandinavia. I know! Are you asking us? <laughs> Yeah, they kept talking about Valhalla, like the Norse gods. and Yeah, the Norse gods, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, for example, Angerhed, I think that is also like an old Nordic name. And mm. I think they have some references to that mm. throughout. I wonder where that all comes from, if they're Australian. Where the obsession with, like, we're going to go to Valhalla. Not that that has to do anything with them being racist. Maybe just scratch this whole section. I feel like that wasn't very... <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but just yeah, but, because you're praying to like the old Norse gods. Yeah, and it is weird that they paint themselves white. Yes, that is weird. I didn't know whether it was to make them look more corpse-like, and because they also had like black eyes, didn't they? True, like, and they call them the half-life. So maybe yeah. that is rather the than boys. yeah, exactly. Yeah, any mm. listeners who know about this film, get in touch. Let us know because I did not do any research at all. 
So it didn't pass the intersectional Bechdel test, given that there's only really Zoe Kravitz, but it did pass the female Bechdel test. I don't know how many times, but uh, right at the start, I think it's the Splendid says to Furiosa when they're in the truck and they're on the way to escape. And she says, oh, we can't breathe down here. And Furiosa's like, just stay down. (laughs) (laughs) Great great chat. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's really good. So I was quite excited about that. I was like, oh yeah, they pass it. At this point, I have to say, I knew people had said it was quite feministy, but I had no idea what it was about. I went in blind as well. I didn't really know anything about it, which was quite nice because yeah. I don't really get that about many films. No, I mean, the same with Midsommar. I had no idea what that was about either. Mm-hmm. I was interested about why you suggested it. <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect. So I settled in yesterday and it was, I was quite surprised. It was good. I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, it's not my sort of film at all, really. Did anyone else find it really tense? Because I yeah. felt like... Yeah. I don't know whether it was the music. It was the soundtrack was amazing. Yeah. And also, can we talk about the guy who's playing guitar? Yeah, it's my favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So I think good. it would but it was one of those films that I just was like, I think this would be so much better on a on like yeah. a big cinema screen with the sound system and everything rather mm. than obviously in lockdown me like on with my laptop on my chest and my headphones in. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's like I think it's also they have they have cut it so that it doesn't give the viewer any time to breathe. You're constantly mm, just like because I think it's the whole feeling of being chased as well. Since you're with them, yeah. it's just constant fear. It's mm, like yeah. just being attacked from everywhere. And also because they're women who are escaping an abusive man, and you mm. know how high the stakes are for them that if they get mm. caught by him and go back, they're going to be continue to be raped and forced to. Uh, his children which are then I'm assuming just ripped away from them because they'd written on the ground of their quarters we are not things yeah and our babies will not be warlords yes and he said he was he was shouting wasn't he they're my property Mm, they weren't bring back my things yeah they weren't trying to dress it up or anything it was like they're purely his property Mm. he owns them so it felt like just that as well. I, I felt so much more invested because so I was like, oh my gosh, please escape. Please, please mm. be fine. And then when they turned back around, I was like, I can't take any more of this. They're going to get chased again. <laughs> I thought oh we were god. at the end. Oh my god. Please don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's also so sad that like all the older ladies die. I know. Yeah. They were like cannon fodder. They just kept being shot and killed. And I, know. I also found it really shocking when Splendid died, when she kind of falls out of yes. the path. I think I verbally was like, oh God, it's just, and then when you were like, is she dead? Is she alive? They're not going to stop to check. And then when they cut the baby out of her, I was like, oh Oh my God. And then the guy who cut out the baby was just like, he was like swinging the umbilical cord around and... It's just something also it's th- this film is so gross it's mm, so many disgusting things like one I, I struggle a lot with needles and one thing that really freaked me out is when he pulls out his oh my God, yeah. his blood thing from his neck like, and it's just it's like a fishing hook he's like oh my God. oh, oh. <laughs> that's yeah that's not how you donate blood <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, also when he's giving Furiosa blood in yeah. there, and the needle is like that big. It's so big. It's so thick. I was like, oh, oh, oh so gross. 
Yeah. It's gross. The whole film is gross. Yeah. yeah, I was a bit worried at the beginning that because I saw that it was on like a feminist list when I googled it. But then when it started, I was like, oh, is it just going to be about Tom Hardy and this immortal Joe? Mm. But it actually wasn't. Mm. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, like it's. I thought it was going to be about the main two guys fighting, but mm. it didn't really end up being like that, which was. It's interesting. Surprising. Also, yeah. I think I guess he is the main character, but he doesn't really take the front seat at all. No. I feel like Furiosa is the main character. The story is yeah. about her. She's like driving the narrative. She is the one who's taking these women away from a horrible situation to yeah. a paradise, basically. Agreed. After we'd watched it last night, Lee and I were saying it's you kind of don't need Max there. Like he's no. just he just happens to fall into this narrative that's not about him at all it's it's entirely about the women and furiosa and and also them having furiosa and max having like almost a friendship and working together but not being romantic yes. that's quite nice there were, yeah because there was the yeah they obviously had a connection and a bond but yeah. it wasn't romantic or at least yeah they didn't show it getting to a romantic stage and I can't remember the name of the red-headed lady. I think she was capable. That's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I spent my life on, like, Wikipedia (laughs) pages, basically. (laughs) It's good, because I don't know why. I mean, I've been quite tired this week, but one of the notes I wrote down was, Furiosa gets to ride the big trap and is the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that sort of sums up the whole whole film one of the best scenes is when he is shooting the bullet farmer and he's only got one bullet left and then he gives it to her Mm. yeah she is better than him at everything like she's better at driving the truck she's better at shooting she's better at fighting she's the one who kills big boss (laughs) yeah you know That was a, oh, what was the line? I wrote down the line she said before when she was like, remember me, and then just rips his mask off his face. Also with her destroyed lungs, when she's like, remember me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and like she'd been stabbed and was still like driving the truck and was trying to be like, can someone take over please? I'm really, really (laughs) badly damaged. Whereas if I get a slight cold, I'm like, I could possibly go out. Yeah. One thing also that I found with the wives was that they weren't passive, but they weren't useless. Mm. They could still fix things and help out, but obviously they wouldn't know because they have been living this sheltered life in mm. in the prison, or not a sheltered life. Um, they've been hidden away and imprisoned. Yeah. So obviously they they wouldn't know how to fix an engine or drive a car, but still I I felt like they still tried to help out and doing things, which was really nice. I was so surprised with them because they weren't, as you say, they weren't passive and they weren't meek. When Max and Furiosa are fighting, they're like pulling on his chain and trying to do stuff Mm. to help her. They're obviously like, we can't fight the way that you can, but we can do things to help. And like, they all try and help push the truck and, there's just all sorts of stuff they do and i really liked that when furiosa discovers the the boy nux when she discovers him she goes to kill him and splendor's like no we promise no unnecessary killing Mm -hmm. and i quite liked that she was standing up for stuff that she believed in instead of them Mm -hmm. just sat back like oh no they were like Mm -hmm. no don't kill him Mm -hmm. 
And Splendid uses her body as a shield to protect Furiosa from Joe when he's mm. about to shoot. That was a cool scene, yeah. And she like flings the door open and is just there with her belly, like protecting Furiosa. Yeah. Going back to romance quickly, Capable, when she finds Nux in their truck, they seem to form what could be a romantic relationship. But I don't know about you guys, but I almost felt it was like a mother-son type yeah. thing. Mm. Because when she saw him, I was thinking, I wonder if she's seeing him as this could be my child one day. Because obviously they're a similar age, so it's not actually her child. It's definitely not like a sexualised thing, is it? Mm. No. It felt... Leaves a lot for interpretation. Yeah, because it could be that she's like, oh my God, a pretty boy. This is so fascinating. Yeah. But it's pretty war boy. <laughs> pretty war boy. <laughs> All I've had is Joe. How exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know whether, because they'd written on the ground, like, our babies will not be warlords. I felt very keenly that could be her child one day. Her child could be this boy who's following Joe, who believes in him and trusts him, and he shouldn't because this guy's just using him as cannon fodder. He doesn't actually care about these boys, but these women have bred them and do care about them. So that's how I saw mm, that. I have no idea what it was meant to be, but I like that in both with Furiosa and Max and Capable and Nuts, mm. they don't kiss. There's no, like, mm. big romantic kissing, yeah. and I really liked that. Because I feel like a lot of the time in films, that's if you have a male and a female character, mm. that's what their relationship has to be about. There's no mm. room for nuance. Yeah, definitely. Which mm. there obviously is. It also felt like Furiosa and Max were equals. Mm. Yeah. They were on the same team all the time, and they... I mean, obviously, they probably didn't trust each other when they first met. They tried to kill each other. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so that was something that developed over time. But I felt like it was so nice because they they supported each other constantly. And, I mean, he would take a bullet for her and she would probably do the same for him. And, yeah, Yeah. it was just very sort of on the same playing field and very equal. Agreed. It felt like, because I think Max saw a kindred spirit in her and that... Mm. Again, I don't know the stories of the other films, but I think, because he says to her at some point, like, don't go down this path, you'll just, it'll drive you mad, or whatever he says. So it felt like he was kind of seeing she could end up going down the same route I've gone down. Mm. Because I think, from what Lee's told me, and from the film, his family was killed and he wasn't able to save them, which is why he keeps seeing them. Is that why he kept seeing dead people? That was the only bit that I was like, I'm not sure if this is something a callback from the previous films. I did like that you didn't have to have seen the previous films to have enjoyed the film. Yeah, me too. Although I do now really want to see the other films. Yeah, same. Just to see all of the leather clash. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish we saw more of the the older women. Yeah. Like, they, were, they were such good characters and I loved that when they all met, they just were so wary of the men, of um, Nux and Max, weren't they? And they were like, who who are those men? Yeah. And the, the wives were like, they're okay. They're reliable. Do you guys feel like that's how it felt when a man came into a feminist space at like work or something like that? You'd be like, yes. who is that man? Is he okay? <laughs> that is true though. When he first came to the book club, I did feel like I needed to talk to him about it beforehand and be like, okay, you're going to be a space yeah. for women. You need to behave properly. You need to listen. To Not that, I mean, to be fair, by his own admission, he was like, I talk over people all the time. And I was like, well, you'll get told to not talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
one thing that I thought about was uh, the milk. You know that mm. room where all yes. the women was wearing yes. these breast pumps and they were expressing milk into big tanks mm. of breast yeah. milk. I was think I was trying to figure out weird. if that was for babies or if that was for like everyone to drink. I think it's for the war boys. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the scenes that Lee was like, you're missing it, look at the screen. Look at the screen, I looked up and was like, oh, what, why? They were just like cows. They were just like cows. Oh. Yeah, it was so gross. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just so much in this. It's so dirty and gross and mechanical and weird. Yeah. Also, I've forgotten about this until reading it in my book, but one of the wives is forced to wear a chastity belt. Oh, yeah, yeah and they cut it off, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And they, they wear a lot of white as well, don't they? Like, the wives look very virginal, yeah. even mm. they aren't. The mm. opposite, they're the opposite. Mm. So, with the chastity belt, that was worn by the blonde lady who also said that she was pregnant later on. Mm. Yeah. So maybe he's putting on chastity belts on the pregnant ones. Maybe. Yes. There wasn't one on Splendid, but she's his favourite. So I wonder if no one would try it with her anyway. Yeah. Or, whether or she's if she had one gone. and they removed it already. Or that, yeah. Oh. There were such big like teeth on it as well. <sighs> so gross. It was horrible. It was really gross. And it was quite similar, I guess, to the mask Max was wearing that he was trying to get off. But that was so gross and him on the front of the car like providing blood and like you could see him being like no my body stop i'm too close to the fire one of the other notes i made in my book is furiosa gets to be driving and gives orders and does cool shooting (laughs) (laughs) she does a lot of cool shooting I mean, she really knows how to shoot. I wonder what her backstory is. That would be interesting, actually, if they do a prequel. Mm. It would be interesting to see what her background is. So the Mm. whole thing about how she came to be the master of the war rig and how how she learned how to shoot like a badass. And basically, her backstory would be really interesting to know. I would also like to know why she's rescuing those women. Like, did they come to Mm -hmm. her? Did she go to them? Was there a third party involved in setting up that we don't know about? Because mm. you never find out. You just she drives off in the war rig, and then it's discovered. She like veers off path, and they're like, "That's weird. Why is she going that way?" Mm. And then they discover the wives are missing, and she smuggled them out. I wonder if it feels like she must have been close to Joe for him to trust her with one of his biggest vehicles. So I wonder if he was the one who stole her from her family or whatever with her mom when she was a kid and maybe wanted to raise her as his own daughter or something. Mm, Maybe. And that gave her access to these women. Maybe she got to know them through her privilege as being treated as a daughter or something similar. But also she, she got access to this big vehicles and maybe they taught her how to shoot and kill and make war, basically. It, I would really like it if the film ended at her, just like you see her face and she's prepared to drive this war rig. And that, that's like how the film ends, is right at the start of Fury Road. I'd like that. I'll contact the directors and let them know I've written the end. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> because she's the only woman we see 
apart from the wives, but out of all of the like warlord people, none of them are women. Exactly. At the speech Joe gives at the start, he I can't remember what he's saying, but he he mentions her and is like she's gonna go out and yeah. get supplies. So she's obviously a big like, deal. Big yeah. <laughs> big up Furiosa, the yeah. top lady. So yeah, I, I'd be really fascinated to know how she managed to do that when so mm. many other men would want that position and that mm. privilege and haven't got it. And whether she always planned to do something like that. Yeah, because she says something to Max. Doesn't she say, like, I do this all the time or stuff like that? Yeah. Or I was really confused about that. I was yeah. like, has she smuggled out other wives? Yeah, or, that's what I was thinking. Or was that a joke? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah, when this film comes out, we'll find out more. I would like that a lot. Mm. A couple of other things I wrote down about Furiosa is that she seems to get the last say with everything. So when they are trying to cross through the rock place with all of the the motorbikes, the motorbike people, she's people are going to be listening to this like, oh my god, they're called this <laughs> idiot. Anyway, when she's in the rock place with the motorbike people and she's meant to (laughs) (laughs) She's meant to be delivering fuel. She says to Max, This is the plan, you need to do this. Yeah. When I call your name, what do I call you? He's like, Oh, does it really matter? She's like, Fine, when you hear fool, get into the car (laughs) and drive. And I like that she's the one that tells him how to act. Mm. And again later on when he says like this is where you're going to find home. You need to go back to the citadel and take it. She's the one that gets the final say. Like, although it was his idea, it's her decision what they should and shouldn't be doing. She's definitely in charge. No doubt. Yeah, which is nice because it easily could have been he joins in and then just takes over and she takes mm. the back seat. He comes in and, like, saves the day. Yeah, doesn't happen. He's obviously very useful. But as we said before, it feels like they're equals rather than... Actually, I... I feel like maybe she's above him but it certainly doesn't feel yeah. like he swooped in and saved the day i mean we talked for a while i was like oh my god who is this arsehole he's about to drive this war rig and leave those women in the dirt i know i was like what that the did fuck upset me. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i mean i guess i don't know anything about this character because i haven't seen the other films and he's obviously mentally very unwell because he's seeing his dead children and he's just escaped literally being a blood bag but still <laughs> pick up those women they're clearly vulnerable and desperate mm. also what was the purpose of the what naked woman in the tower well max said that's a trap which um, naked woman in the tower when uh, they pull up to it's, it looks almost like um not a windmill but more like a crane and there's this naked woman that's like help me help me oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then when Furiosa announces his shoes, she like bounced out. So presumably it was a trap, I guess the yes. Yeah, because I, I, I got that it was a bait, but I didn't understand what the bait was yes, for. That's what he says, bait. So lure them in and steal supplies. Mm. So that's how they get supplies then. Yeah. Although how often do people just be drive past that area? And then yeah. given that he was just gonna leave those women in the desert on their own, how many would stop to help? Yeah. Or maybe the fact that she's naked would be exciting enough and they'd be like, ooh, a naked, naked lady. <laughs> Haven't seen one of them for a while. I'll stop and have a look. <laughs> have a look. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking more like 
uh, oh. more nefarious, horrible things. I don't know. Like just picturing the war boys and mm. I can just imagine them being like, well, this one's not property. I feel the war boys are very asexual though. And they are very much boys as well. They, mm. they really felt quite boyish, like how mm. excited they were for war. and It felt, felt like they only dreamt and lived war. And that mm. was their big mission in life and the purpose of them even being alive. And I guess that's what Joe had taught them since they were mm. babies as well. It's quite sad, really. Very sad. Poor boys. But one thing I thought about as well is that in the beginning of this film, you know when we talked about it feeling macho and it's going to be a macho, macho man. Macho, so. macho man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also thought about that when the first time we see the wives and they're standing with the water and like cleaning themselves. And I was yeah. like, oh, such a male gaze. They're here being like all <laughs> wet and, you know, in their like mm. see-through outfits. And I was like, oh fuck's sake, I can't be arsed. <laughs> but that was a trap because that's not at all how it played out. Like they were badass. But mm. I think it was like, it was just a weird first image I felt of these women because maybe, or maybe that was the thing. Maybe they wanted the viewer to perceive them as this sort of stereotypical, weak, very mm. passive female mm. characters. And then you, you get proven. Because they're not damsels in distress, are no. they? Like no. The opposite. Exactly. This horrible thing has happened to them. Like, yeah. they have just basically just been repeatedly raped. Yeah. I quite liked that because uh, initially, when we first saw Splendid, I thought she was wearing a top and a skirt. But then I realised that actually her dress is see-through, but it's clinging just to her stomach because that's obviously the biggest part of her body. Mm. And you can just really see like her stomach and the skin of her stomach. And it made that the focus rather than like her breasts or something, which I mm. found quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, they, they were almost like goddess-like, like frolicking in the water. And mm. then we're like, there's a man. What do you want? and obviously got involved in attacking him mm. which was fun to see um did anyone have anything else to say before we rate the film um i didn't actually write that much down because i was enjoying no, it I didn't so either. much i didn't want to miss anything yeah but so it was quite different to the other films we've watched very different shall we move on to rating it then yes what do we want to give it for the okay the intersectional side might be easier mm. We didn't actually talk about Zoe Kravitz's character. She doesn't really get many lines, does she? No, she did stuff and she was there, but it didn't feel like she stood out yeah. of the other wives. No, I can only remember her for reloading the gun really slowly. Mm. <laughs> Give me the gun, it's not reloaded! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know whether a one or a zero, because she's, she's there and that's good, but that's it really. Mm, I think a one. Mm, I would say one. Should we give it a one then? Yeah. Yeah. What about female, the female side? I would give it a five. Five. Four, five. <laughs> I would give it a four, five, five. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking five. I think it had everything that I wanted yeah. them to be. Yeah. Feminist icons. Yes. We Especially love Furiosa. Furiosa. And I really like Splendid as well. And also, I own Rosie Huntington Whiteley's bras that she designed, not her personal <laughs> bras. So as we were watching it, I was like, me, I'm wearing a bra she designed. She can 
do this fighting stuff she's doing and design bras. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very nice bras. She's done very well. Oh, I need to look this up. Yeah, M&S. Oh. <laughs> she really changed, I feel like, changed the image of M&S because it was always an old lady shop. And then we were like, wow, Rosie Huntington Wiley, the model. I forgot she did any kind of acting. I've really just focused on her bra work. <laughs> her bra work. I really liked her character as well. Mm. And she was obviously, the, I guess, the leader of the other women. It seemed like she was the one who convinced them to, to escape and do this. Yeah, she seemed like the wise big sister. Mm. Mm. So that means I get six out of ten overall, which isn't bad. Average job, I guess. We just need more people of colour in films. If they could do that, we'd get more 10 out of 10 films. Mm. Maybe next time when we review Hustlers, that'll get closer to the 10 out of 10 Femme Fresh, as both Lee and Gina. Certification. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. So yes, we'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time with Hustlers. And in the meantime, if you want to get involved in the chat and let us know what you think of Mad Max Fury Road, then you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Feminism. That's real spelled R-E-E-L. And I look forward to hearing from you all. And until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 Do, 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 do.